0: Welcome to the first edition of FRPC, the Hoot Edition part of the podcast. So we told you that we were going to do a football podcast. This is the basketball podcast. And now what we're going to also do is a live podcast as well. And that will happen once a month. But the sports you're going to get twice a week. And it is... The New Year's edition of the podcast as well. So before the New Year's rings in here at Frontrunner Podcast Collective, I will go ahead and give you a hearty Happy New Year from all of us to all of you. And staying in that same vein, we're going to give out some New Year's resolutions to some teams and some players and maybe just an idea here or there um, we also wrote on the website at www p is in paul c is in charles.com we have some new year's resolutions up there already But these were some leftover ones that I want to go ahead and get out to you guys today. We'll also hit a couple things that I just saw. It's Friday night. It is around 6.30, 7 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. So we just got done watching The King get it done in the ATL. On his birthday. Dropped 47. 10 and 9. Which was excellent. Um, I mean. It's, it's honestly a joke at this point. What he's doing. At what age he's doing it. Everything he does now. Is historic. Um, it's just one of those deals. Where you are marveling at. How he's able to keep it up now, mind you, the last couple years in the Laker uniform, he's been not as durable as he was when he was in Cleveland both times, and also in Miami. But you gotta give it to him; he is a absolute freaking nature. His athleticism, which might not be as explosive as it used to be. It's still very impressive. And people aren't able to guard him. Dude is 38. He's putting up historic numbers. It's absolutely insane. So 47, 10, and 9. Oh, man. Ridiculous. So... With that, kudos to LeBron James and uh, the Lakers actually get a win. So, that's awesome as well as Laker fan, as somebody who uh, gets down with the Lakers. I'm really excited about that. Now, what we're also going to talk about is these New Year's resolutions right now. We're going to get into them and uh, we'll have some things after it. But uh, I just want to leave you with some thoughts that I have been kind of pondering and like I said I put some up on the uh, website so please uh, if you could go to the website and look at those as well so our first resolution is literally for the NBA owners usually I am the guy who will tell you I'm all about the players and getting that bag and I am I'm always going to be that guy but here's my problem How many times have we turned into League Pass and, you know, the the guy that we wanted to see, whether it was Durant or whomever, Kawhi Leonard, is low managing. Now, I understand that some of this is just the way it is. We've come off a hellacious three years due to covid catching up with the schedule trying to make it as close to the regular schedule as we possibly can i think this is the first year that we're actually caught up so you know you're starting to see regular scheduling um we haven't seen a lot of health and safety protocol deals that wiped out whole teams this year thank god for that but the thing that i want to talk about is this is that before the start of the year we had Kevin Durant who is playing out of his mind right now asked for a trade. Then when he didn't get the trade he asked for the coach and the general manager to get fired. Now none of these things actually happened but that was his ultimatum. He was trying to shoot his way out of town and it just they just held court. They just held sir. they said you know what we're not gonna blink. We're not going to give in to your demands. We're just going to go ahead and continue to press on and see if we can't fix this situation. Now, Brooklyn is third in the East. They're playing really great ball right now. Kevin Durant is, is incredible right now. He's seeing the floor. It's like those years in Golden State did not leave him. He's seeing the floor so well, and he's seeing two constantly um, when defenses are trying to uh, prepare for the Nets. it's a They're sending two all the time, all right? Uh, they're also putting themselves in a situation where then it's a swing-swing, and it's an open three for whomever the three-point shooter is of the night, whether it is uh, Kyrie, Warren, Curry, Harris, when he's not injured. You know, so they've been getting good contributions from a lot of people, which is great. And like I said, Durant is just playing at another level. But it doesn't take away from the reports before the season started. Um, and then you have the whole Kyrie thing, and we're not going to rehash that here. Um, you know, these are things that just, they just torpedoed your franchise. And and you're dealing with things that aren't even basketball at this point, And people are asking questions that they don't want to answer. Now, we also had Trey Young earlier this season decide to not participate in a practice, a shoot-around, actually. We also saw that Travis Schlink was reassigned to executive player personnel consultant. From what I've heard, it doesn't seem like he has any say in the franchise, any say in the actual day-to-day operations of what's going on, that job now belongs to Landry Fields. Um, You take that for what it's worth. Schlink has a really good record on drafting for that team. Um, It was hard to see that situation kind of go by the wayside the way it did. But there were pressures from somewhere else in that organization um, you can draw your own conclusions from that and we'll, we'll just keep it rolling and then you have the Kawhi Leonard's of the world who have their own physical, theory, physical therapy regimen that they're keeping up, that they keep away from the franchise for some reason last year you had Kawhi basically away from the franchise and I know on good authority that there were people in that franchise had no idea what the actual day-to-day situation was with Kawhi and where he was in his rehab process. So my resolution is, can the franchises be taken back over by the governors? You know, like, hey, listen, we pay you a lot of money. Can you just show up for the games? Give effort. Not ask for your coach to be fired. Not ask for your GM to be fired. Please do not put out inflammatory statements that we have to sit here and then answer down the road for you. These are all things that I can understand governors and GM types and player personnel execs are sitting there going, this is the last thing that I want to deal with when coming to work or watching my team or being in a board meeting. I am sure those are probably very low on the priority list of things to have happened with inside of a franchise on a day-to-day basis. The other thing, does another New Year's resolution that I have is this: um, Can we slow down on the AAU tournaments? Now, here's the thing: I'm all about these kids uh, getting as much experience as much exposure as they possibly can i understand that it's a pretty much kind of a you know a hundred meter dash to you know the top five of your class and and all of those things and getting the five star and and, and seeing where you're going to rank can you go pro early all of these things are playing in the heads of these 15 16 17 year old young men who are trying to live out their dreams so It is not about that. It's just about the health and the safety of these kids. When you're looking at it and you have these kids playing um, sometimes three to five times in a weekend. Now, what does that do to them on the back end? I wonder if some of the soft tissue injuries that we see in the NBA at an alarming rate over the last five years have Anything to do with this high intensity um, games, you know, this, these loads of games that these high school players are playing. Um, like I said, sometimes five times in one weekend. I mean, that's crazy. So my my New Year's resolution is: can we give the kids just a little break? Can they enjoy the basketball? Can they play maybe, I don't know, kind of like an NBA schedule, maybe only like three times a week, something like that, that would be helpful, I'm all about the kids, I'm saying, I want, you know, could you imagine, because Victor Winwayama was playing at like 15, and he's getting in like 36 minutes a game at 15 years old, and this dude is done with basketball at 26. Listen, NBA draft fans, this is not what I want either. I'm actually looking out for the kids. I hope that we can kind of just come to some sort of middle ground where, yes, we want to display their talents. We want to put it on... TV as much as possible use these social media platforms to do all this no worries on that whatsoever but what I'm asking for is them to just take just a tad more um diligence with these kids and their careers and what they're going to be doing over hopefully you know a decade to 12 year career in the NBA so just some food from thought on that one Um, The other New Year's resolution that I had, uh, and this one is a weird one, but this, bear with me. I want the NBA to continue to find new and weird body types. Let me give you a couple examples. Memphis Grizzlies, uh, rookie forward, David Roddy. He's a hardy six foot four, two hundred and fifty-five pound wing, barrel chested, fire hydrant type of man. Gets buckets. I don't know if you caught him at uh, Colorado State last year. It was Mont C. This guy was flying up and down the court, grabbing rebounds, initiating offense, and now he's a three and D wing in the league. He actually plays respectable minutes for the Memphis Grizzlies and he's he's contributing to winning. You know, as they have such a deep roster, he's actually carved out a little role and he's contributed to winning, so you can't I love these type of players. I loved him in the draft last year and I like to see him continue to have success because he has a weird body type. The next one on the list for your, uh, for your proposal is this. Paulo Guancaro. Paulo Guancaro is not a weird body type, but when you look at him, six 6'10", 250 pounds, he's too young to be this big, to be this developed. I mean, this guy is huge Early. Point guard skills, able to see the floor, get buckets, shoot from the outside. He really reminds me of a Chris Webber type with a jump shot. And just to think, we didn't even get to see Chet Holmgren this year in OKC. Just think about that. We could have had seven foot one. 190 pound chet holmgren roaming the paint for the okc thunder we didn't get to see that so bring on the win by Yamas. keep cultivating the scotty barnes of the world you know um by the way the other guy that if you have not paid attention to, which I know for the draft people out there, you definitely have, but for the people who are kind of novice at this game, check out Scoot Henderson. Go get some YouTube video off that. He plays for the G-League in team. Scoot is built. I think Scoot is something like six foot three, six foot four right now. He looks like a cross between like Baron Davis and like a young Russell Westbrook not Westbrook now okay Westbrook back in the day just dunking on fools and it looks like they were they just stole money from him he was just mad all the time but yeah if you can give me more weird body types I'm good on all of that you can't you can't give me more of that. I, I will be super excited. Now, the other thing that I want to put down as a New Year's resolution, and this is really for the NBA. Uh, this is for equality as a whole. Um, I would like to see a woman head coach. And I think we're about at that time. Now, I don't know about the Becky Hammonds of the world and some of these other people, the Don Staley's of the world, who really, you know, toiled in college. And and, uh, Becky was a longtime assistant for POP in San Antonio. But maybe we're, maybe we need to reimagine this a little bit. Maybe the first woman head coach is going to be somebody who has had a long relationship with an organization and just kind of worked her way up. You know, she, you know, she started off like as a quality control coach. Then, you know, she was kind of like that. She was in that second row of bench coaches on the, you know, on the back end. And she was working with, you know, certain you know, certain guys. So she was working with like the the wings or whatever, helping them with their, you know, secondary initiating. Then she gets to the front row and she becomes like the lead assistant and then eventually becomes a head coach. That might be the best way of doing it because usually when you're the, you're becoming the head coach, you have a Relationship obviously with the front office, you have to have that that very frank relationship so everybody's on the same page. We're all moving in the right direction, and I think there's gonna come a day where there is a female head coach. I really hope that it's sooner rather than later. Oh, and by the way, you can miss me with the. Oh, she gets the interim tag and she gets 35 games. You can miss me with the tanktastic teams and we're just letting her guide the ship until we get whomever the next great uh, draft prospect is. I really just want to see a woman gets a, a real legitimate shot. Where she gets a three year, four year contract, whatever the case may be, you know, decent money, um, with a team that has, you know, players and maybe, you know, they were skirting around the playoffs and now, you know, they added another piece and their playoff piece and maybe they just needed a different voice or whatever the case may be. That would be my hope is that sooner than later some owner or someone in the nba ranks whether it's high ranking um members of the uh players association or you know um coming straight from you know adam silver's office whoever it is i think there should be some sort of initiative that we get women in these positions and see if we can grow a crop of women that then they are really good candidates for head coaching positions. No offense to the women out there who have already um, interviewed for head coaching jobs. I just think there's there's something broken in the chain and I don't know how to fix it. Yes, we want a woman to be a head coach, but I think what we want is we want a woman to be successful at her maiden voyage, right? And I think really the best way to do it is to put her in a position where she has a long standing relationship with this franchise. You know, she's been around for 10 years, you know, she's done everything. You know, like I said before, you know, she worked her way up. I think that's going to be the type of ideal candidate where the players are comfortable with it. The front office is comfortable with it. And most importantly, the owners aren't are all in on this deal, too. For this to work, we have to have all of the parties working together to get this done, because, again, Until it happens, we've never seen it. And if there's going to be some uncomfortability with it, let's go ahead and get it out the way. But I think how we get to a level where it's comfortable for everybody is that we just don't plop this person in right into the head coaching job. I think the way to build the candidates is, like I said, groom them from a while. Say, hey, this is going to be a long-term process, but we want you to be integrated into the culture of what this team is. So you usually are going to have to have some pretty strong franchises to do this with. People who, you know, are down for the cause down for grinding, things of that nature, and uh, maybe it won't be one of the pillar franchises of the NBA, maybe it might have to be a smaller market team, that's fine, we just need to see a female head coach in the NBA at some point. Leave you with a couple little NBA trade rumor tidbits. Nothing really to go over as of yet. I think a lot of teams, because of the play in tournament, are still wondering if it's time to go ahead and pull the plug. But there's some teams that you should be looking at, at possible teams that are just on the cusp of going ahead and making some moves and we're going to talk about a couple of those teams one i think what you need to look out for is the washington wizards the washington wizards right now um let me go ahead and look at this real quick as far as we'll get up to date timing on this the wizards right now are 16 and 21 um they are winners of their last four. So I know this <laughs> I know this sounds like a terrible time to go ahead and pull the plug on this team. But where is it going? Do you have the pieces that you believe in the next three, four years open up that window for you? And clearly, I don't think that's the case. But you do have pieces that people want. The first on that list, everybody knows that Kyle Kuzma is literally the hottest wizard when it comes to the trade rumors. Um, Everybody wants him. He's exactly what everybody wants. He's a 6'9 wing who can battle the big boys, deal with your power forward, deal with your three. He's not lost on a guard, but he can't do it all the time. But he's the guy... And he also has some championship experience with the Lakers, playoff experience, so he's not going to wilt under the lights. So we know that, and I believe that you would think that Bill would be the primary target of everybody, but I will tell you that there are GMs and front office people calling on Kuzma way more than they're calling on Bill. But if you're the Wizards at this point in time, what would you want them to do? What do you foresee your team looking like? Is Bill the anchor of that team? Is he going to be your guy? Is he going to be the guy that leads you or leads this next generation of Wizards teams into the playoffs? And if your answer is, I don't know or no, or... It, Can I, you know, are there caveats? Is he going to stay healthy for like 68 to 70 games a year? You know, he's already dealing with something now. You have to start to think, and I understand loyalty is a big thing, but you know what? Loyalty means nothing in professional sports, whether on the player level or on the franchise level. And you really have to start to think, Do I always want to be just battling for the plant every single year? Do I want to be a 10-11 seed? Oh, maybe one year, you know, things go right. I'm a 7 seed. Maybe, you know, that sort of... No. That is NBA purgatory. Being in the middle is where teams go to die. Check out the Indiana Pacers. You know, now another team that there have been rumors that it might be about that time, but there is no concrete news that any of the big guys are reporting. Now, we've heard rumors that, you know, there have been talks about this and that, but the Chicago Bulls are the other team that, have been on the lips of of a lot of front office people. They've been on the lips of a lot of content creator people. They've been on the lips of a lot of NBA insider people. I have a couple, couple connections in the NBA. Nothing like Woj, nothing like Shams. I wouldn't even consider myself anywhere near those gentlemen whatsoever. Shout outs to them for all that they do and they provide us with so much content. And, um, and so much um, discussion when it comes to the NBA because really this is what it's all about, right? We want to know about the trades. We want to know about what we're doing in free agency. We want to know what we're doing in the draft. We just want to know. And if you're looking at the Bulls and you're kind of going, well, where are we right now? Well, we're 16 and 19. We won our last two. Levine looks healthier. He looks to see that he looks to have the spring back in his step. DeRozan's still a mid-range killer. You know, um, and the thing about it is, is that with Lonzo ball out and we do not have a time frame on that. See, the tricky part is that Orlando gets the pick, unless the Chicago Bulls. Are in the top four, so they can't just tank, right? Because there's no guarantee that they're gonna get one of the four picks. So they're threading the needle really, really carefully when it comes to this. Now, instead of thinking about it as kind of a rebuild, or if you look at the, if you look at the pick for the Vucevic deal as a sunk cost. The other thing that you could do is you can look at your pieces and go, hey, do I want to deal with Levine for five more years under this contract, or do I want to split him up to three pieces? Do I take DeRozan and go, you know what, I could probably turn him into a piece in draft picks. You can also do that with Levine. Vucevic, I don't know what his market is. Um Kobe White, same thing. But another guy that you can probably get a lot for right now is Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso contributes to winning, and that is a that's the type of player that any team that has deep playoff run aspirations. They would love a player like that because he's going to do all the little things that you want him to do. He is going to take charges. He is going to pester your best perimeter player. He's going to stay in front of that person. He's going to dive on the he's going to dive for loose balls. He's going to get steals. So he's the glue guy of all glue guys, star in your role type of guy. And he's pretty valuable around the league. People really want him uh as soon as the bulls decide to do something with him. Now if you were smart about it, if you take Vooch's contract and you oh. you add Caruso to it, it's like you have to take Vooch to get Caruso. Now you're looking at about $29 million in salary coming back to you. If you can get a couple players that have two to three years left on their deal, maybe your scouts have done, maybe your uh, pro scouts have done some work and there's a couple guys that are kind of under the radar, kind of maybe being misutilized on their team. Maybe that's a way you can kind of win the Vooch trade. Coming out of it. You darn sure didn't win it going into it. Because. uh Franz Wagner. uh Wendell Carter Jr. And whatever this pick is going to be. That's a win. Orlando. Is killing the game. When it comes to that. A couple of other teams to think about. When it comes to. What they're going to do. Um as we get closer and closer to what I would consider the trade deadline. I think once we get into the mid-January situation, that's when you're going to start seeing teams really understand and assess their team and go, hey, we're in it. We got to make some moves to get what we need to get. And you're going to see some teams going, you know what? Our schedule is backloaded. There's a ton of good playoff teams on this. Um, we got a couple guys who are really you know they're grinding through it with injuries and I don't know if we're going to have you know a really good shot at making the playoffs anyway why don't we just go ahead tear it down and see what we can get because here's the other thing and this is another thing that you're going to get from this podcast as we continue to go on we are going to cover players that are coming out in the 2023 draft um we're going to have updates on the website and that website is www.frontrunnerpc.com. Uh, there'll be stories and things up there. There's Coke stories up there right now. Uh, go check it out. But we're going to try to focus on the draft in a holistic way. We're going to give you, we're not just going to say, oh, this prospect is trash. We're going to say, well, this is what he is. This is what he could be. These are the things that we think he needs to work on. Um, This is the mentality of the player. We're going to try to get as much information on these guys as possible. We'll use every resource that we can possibly gather. Um, This is an independent podcast, folks. All the money that I get, I put into this podcast. So, uh, you know, we're working on a shoestring budget type thing right now, but... We effort hard for information and we will continue to do so. So we're going to look at some of these prospects at a later date, but this is a deep class. And for some of these teams that are on that, you know, on that fence where do we continue to push forward for a playing tournament because we think we have the pieces now, or do we dip our toe into this lottery, because the names that you're going to hear this year are going. To, it's not just Victor Wingbayama and Scoot Henderson. You're going to hear names like Cam Whitmore. You're going to hear names like Amir, uh, Amen, and Asor um, Thompson. You're going to hear names like uh, Brandon Miller. There are a ton of guys this year in this draft that look like they could really be top-end players on teams and really contribute to winning. This is a very deep draft. So I can't wait to talk about this. Nico Miatello is our... He does a lot of work on the draft on, on the draft guys. Um, <clears throat> the G League Ignite, the Overtime Elite, uh, obviously the European prospects and the overseas prospects, and also the college guys. And then we'll effort to figure out who who's moving up those boards for you and who's not. And uh, we'll definitely give you our opinion on these guys as we continue to roll on towards the draft. Now, the other team that I want to talk about before we get up out of here and we get you guys going for your New Year's and things of that nature. um. Sneaky team. I don't know if they're going to do it. But the Minnesota Timberwolves are in deep trouble. Um, They don't have their pick. But you know who they're tied with right now? The Oklahoma City Thunder. Oklahoma City Thunder. They have too many good players. They drafted too well. Poku's actually doing stuff this year and Shea Gilges Alexander is having a just an outstanding year. This kid is over 30 points, over six rebounds. I mean he's doing everything. He's getting to the line eight, eight, nine times a night. Whew. Clippers I know you wanted Paul George man if there's well, there be any way to have kept that kid out of that out of that deal because if SGA was on the Clippers right now you could lock it up <laughs> they would be going to the finals and playing Boston and or Milwaukee and as a Laker fan you know it it pains me to say the Boston Celtics but that's a, that's a really good team They got a lot of length. They have everything that people want. They got wings for days, just like the Clippers. Clippers could use one more, though. But I wonder if OKC would make some trades. Maybe, you know, not SGA. Unless they got bowled over, that's the only way I could see SGA SGA leaving. But I wonder if there's a move or are they just going to start shutting people down? Because I know Presti, and Presti has looked at Victor Wembayama, and some of these some of these guys coming out, and he is going to absolutely want to get as low as possible and get that percentage up for the OKC Thunder because it's all about bites at the apple for OKC because of the fact that you're not you're not going to get a lot of free agents that want to come there. So, you got to build it through the draft and you got to hit on a couple of these guys and you got to hope that they're special. You know, I don't know if Westbrook, young Westbrook, and Kevin Durant come along very often, but Presti, Presti is doing his damnedest to get to a point where he finds his next Kevin Durant and Westbrook. So, that is where that is. I really hope that. Um, Shade continues to play. I actually put that in the New Year's resolutions that is on the website. So go check that out. Um, Let's see if there's anything that we need to hit on. No, I think that's about it. I want to thank you guys so much. We have efforted to get this podcast up and rolling for about three months. Um, we were on a previous podcast. Um, we're both Nico and I are both doing work in this industry, so we are just happy to be able to bring this to you. This is kind of our just our passion project, and I hope it comes through with some of the podcasts that we are doing. We want to bring you some funny news-related when it comes to sports. Uh, We're going to have that live pod. Like I said, it's coming up pretty soon. But we want to be complete for you guys. And we want to give you the effort and give you the energy that you guys can go on and say, hey, you know what? I actually got some decent information from that podcast. So hopefully that's what we're bringing it to you. And uh, we look forward to doing that in the new year. So, guys, stay safe out there. Uh, it's a it's a <laughs> it's going to be a hell of a weekend out there, I know. But stay safe. Um, don't get yourself in trouble. And again, one of the things I want to in the pod with is really make sure that you're taking care of yourself. If you're having issues. Whether it's mental or whatever the case might be, you know, find somebody to talk about those type of things with. Um, get yourself in a position where you're okay, because the only way that you can make the impact that you want to make on this world is that if you're 100%. So I hope that for everyone coming into the new year, and we will see you again next week when we will do the Monday football pod. I think there is going to be a light pod that drops within the next three to five days. Um, I have to interview my mother. So look out for that as well. So again, thank you so much for listening and uh, join us in the discussion. Hit us up on Twitter. It's a FR. It's at FRPC for me and for Nico. It's at Nico FRPC. PC and tell us what you think of the pod. Tell us what you want to see or hear on the pod. And we'll do our best to get it out to you. And again, happy new year's guys. And I hope some of these resolutions come true for some of these teams. And again, go check out the website. We posted a really cool article about some of the new year's resolutions for some of these players and teams as well. So again, my name is Vince Carter. I'm signing off for the night. Happy New Year's and we'll see you next year.